0: Casting from deep within Angel Stadium. This is Angler Chronicles.
1: Good morning, Southern California. From Joshua Treat at Dutch Harbor, from the Canadian wilderness to the Amazon jungle. Buckle up because it's going to be wall to wall action on Angler Chronicles.
2: Angler Chronicles is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, California's fishing, hunting, and shooting headquarters since 1971. Van Warmer Resorts, Hotel Palmas de Cortez, and Hotel Playa del Sol. Fishing Syndicate Quality Custom Rods, Get syndicated. Carnita Teresa, providing quality, handmade, marinated meats. Owner Hooks, perfection in hooks. Lake Elsinore, the city of Dream Extreme. And Bite On Fishing, where your next catch is only a cast away. Good morning, Southern California, and welcome to this week's episode of Angler Chronicles on Angels Radio AMA 30K LAA. We have a very, very special show for you. Okay. Um, I've got none other than Mr. Ben Seacrest, um, I would say head of marketing over at uh, Accurate and part of Angler Chronicles. Dear friend, longtime friend, and uh, fishing fanatic like all of us. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. And um, what we want to do, Ben, is I've got you in here. Unfortunately, everybody's out. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I think Steve's on a trip somewhere, and Ron's down in the East Cape, and um, gee, Tony's with uh, doing a kids event, and I think Andrew's out of town as well. So it's just you and me, all right. And what I want to do is take the opportunity that I have you in studio to make this show what I'm want to call everything about tuna. Okay, I want to cover the albacore that's gone, the yellowfin tuna, the bluefin tuna. Okay, because um, one of the things that I've noticed for the last, what, six, seven, eight years? Ten, maybe now, baby, ten. Ten. You've just been on the tuna seminar role. You've been on the tuna fishing role. I mean, you've just, you've caught some yeah. very, very good quality fish. And so my thing is this, with all this tuna around, they're, it's September, they're heating up. Yeah. Um, let's like, give our listeners huh. every possible tool that we can to help them catch some, you know, the most kind yeah, yeah. fish. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, it's great. And let me throw out a disclaimer. I'm going to tell you, I know a lot. I don't know it all. There's a lot of people that claim to know it all. No one knows it all. You learn every day that you fish, and I'll give you everything that I know. And I'll give you what works for me, okay? That doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody, but for me, it's been successful. And when you find success, you tend to use what's successful until you find someone else that gives you little bits and pieces. The best way to learn when you tie you and I have talked about this for years, shut your mouth, open your ears and you become an excellent angler. You can learn all about your surroundings, but the biggest thing is you can learn about other people and a lot of those other people know a lot of stuff. So it's good you know, I'm glad say. you say
2: that because a lot of the anglers um they remind me of horses. Remember the blinders they used to put on horses? Oh, I thought you were going to say about ah, the southern ah, rear ah, end ah, of a ah, horse. Ah, but... <laughs> no, but, but think of the blinders you used to put on their yeah. eyes so that they would not they would only look forward and um, and keep their eyes just forward. When it comes to fishing, if you're at the rail, take the blinders off. you got to be paying attention to what's going on, not only in the water, but around you. There's always that one guy that's getting bit all the time. You know what? find out why if you're not getting it. a lot of
3: times that's funny is those guys are going to be real tight-lipped and what i laugh at it is i'll start looking at stuff and Uh i'm going okay he's not san francisco hooking the bait he's hooking the bait in the breastplate Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have a two out hook he has a two size hook and you look at his line and you're going whoa that's pink 20 pound Mm -hmm. not you know, and so there's the 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 way to go is to go through and try to figure out everything that's going on. The other thing is when they go back to their tackle box, you're not allowed in their tackle box. It doesn't mean you can't start and look at it. You know, and there's well the
2: beautiful thing about tuna fishing, you don't need much. No. Okay. Uh, line, hooks. I think are the primary thing yeah. during the day, and then at night you're gonna need the knife jigs, and then we'll talk about and the sinkers. Heavy gear. Yeah. And we'll talk about the heavier gear in, in a bit. But what we want to do here is share. Uh, Ben's going to share what works for you. I'm going to be sharing what works for me, what's been working on some of these party boats. Because let's face it, not everybody has their own boat. Not everybody can go out and just do their thing. So I think the safest ticket to get on some of these tuna is get on a party boat, okay? I mean, they're catching them from Long Beach all the way down into San Diego. All those landings are catching fish. So when you get on the boat, what is it that you need to make sure that you maximize your chances of catching tuna. That's what I want to get into. Yeah, yeah. Also, no worries. I also want to talk about the differences between the yeah. three tunas that we see in Southern California. Although the albacore, we haven't seen, what, 20? 15, 20? We're, we're oh, in that Jesus, range.
3: 2,000. 23 years, probably. Oh, my Lord. Yeah.
2: Okay. And uh, that used to be the staple. I know. Okay. I was here, yeah. Bluefin were little But the rats. albacore
3: thing was just like you got a shot. You got a couple shots, and then it was gone normally. It wasn't like it is this bluefin deal. This bluefin deal is here forever. You know, you're sitting there fishing over and over and over, and you can get them every day with the albacore. They'd show up for what, a month?
2: God, I would say a little bit more than a month. A but month, month to, and a half, three two months. months. It was a three-month period there yeah, from July to in, September. Yeah, but they weren't in
3: catchable areas. That's the whole thing. When I had my Grady, I remember when they showed up sometimes, and I could go down... And pretty much get them you know mm-hmm. get them pretty good but they would be you know nine mile outside the nine they'd be you know towards the 302 43 you'd catch them in certain spots mm-hmm. but again that was a private boat
2: yeah but you know and i primarily back then i was fishing uh like the ocean odyssey mm-hmm. so a day and a half two and a half day trip that was easy to get to there yeah yeah because those are like I say, they were farther away for a skiff but not necessarily some of these bigger boats and with all the bait that they carry, boy, could they chum and bring these fish and keep them by our side? You know, uh, Albacore is twenty-five, isn't it? Isn't the California limit twenty-five fish? I believe well, I so. Albacore, I I wouldn't even know that. Yeah, and and they weren't big fish. I mean, you know it, what?
3: I don't think it's twenty-five each. I think we should look that okay, up. Okay, we'll we'll look that up. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, see what Fishing Games says, but I, I believe it was twenty-five, and um, the fish weren't huge. Okay, if you got a 15 to 20 pound albacore. Oh, that was pretty one. good. The biggest albacore I've ever seen was caught by one of our dear friends, Alex Lamy, And it was 52 pounds. Huh. Okay. And it was caught, you ready for this? On a spinning reel. Did you find it?
3: Yeah, 25 per person.
2: It is 25 per person. Yeah, I never
3: knew that. I yeah, learned so, something. Every day you learn something.
2: I don't ever remember limits, but boy. Uh, oh, we would, keep,
3: we would keep, we would keep, back in that day I was canning them and we'd keep like 10 each and that was enough to last me for, uh, like it's this bluefin. I have so much bluefin can that people are like, hey, you want to, no, I don't want to kill no more. <laughs> you know, you right. kill a few and then you try to hand them off. But what I do a lot of times is, uh, you know, I would say that if you're going to go through and kill fish, make sure that you kill what you can eat. But just remember, don't get crazy. Don't kill enough for the neighborhood. Just make sure you got enough for you and your family and maybe your relatives or something. And we go after it because it's the hardest thing that I see, Sergio, is people kill so much fish, then they can't process it, mm-hmm. and the fish goes to waste. It becomes mush, and it's just crap.
2: Yeah, if you're having the boat to fillet them for you, you've got to get home.
3: Exactly, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Clean yeah. them
2: up, okay, um, and then vacuum seal it. Yeah. And if you vacuum seal it, they last, what, six months to a year on the, uh, on the probably, freezer? Probably, yeah, Okay,
4: probably.
2: but if you don't vacuum seal it, and you stick that in the freezer. Oh no, good. And you it's get gone. freezer burns yeah. and you get all and it turns into mush. And it's a really sad yeah. because bluefin is expensive if you have to yeah. buy flu,
4: bluefin.
3: But, and, and you know the thing about <laughs> it is I think bluefin actually reacts better than yellowfin does in the sense of bluefin's a lot more hardy sometimes, depending I mean again, if, if it's sitting in the in the sun all day and yeah. it's wet or wet you got you might have a problem. But I just have a, a, it seems to be a lot easier with the bluefin. What the guys do with the elephant is they slam them on the deck. I'm not complaining. They throw them in the hole. They do whatever else they do when you get them, and they start flaying them. When they flay them, they'll stick them in the bags, but they don't realize that there's water all around them. The water goes in the bag. Then the bags sit, and when the bags sit, and, again, it's salt water, which is okay, but the fish become very mushy.
2: Right. So it's very important. The minute you get home, you got to start processing uh-huh. that fish. If you want it to last and if you want it to taste good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay? And yep. listen, honestly, you catch one of these 150 to 200-pound tuna, what's the yield on a, on a fish that big?
3: Uh, I'd say a buck. A buck and a half is probably the yield's going to be, like, solid 90 pounds, mm-hmm. you know?
2: That's 90 pounds of bluefin. Folks, it takes oh, dude, a long time me. to eat 90 pounds. Do you pounds remember that bluefin.
3: last go-around and we smashed them in? I mean, I had... No, nah, you were not... I was on a trip and I had lots of 40 to 60s, mm-hmm. and it was a three-day trip, so I was able to have six fish. So, I brought it in, and I had 300 pounds, and I think I had that stuff processed, and when I had it processed, I still yielded like two, damn near 200 pounds.
2: You know, 200 pounds of bluefin.
3: Yeah, 200 pounds. It was like 207 pounds or something, and it was just wild. But my point is, if you're going to go on one of those boats and you want that stuff to be primo, go to those guys and let those guys, you know, do your stuff because they can actually give you your stuff frozen when you pick it up and take it home and it's frozen. And it's
2: already vacuum-sealed.
3: Yeah, and it's already vacuum-sealed, but... The other thing I'll tell you is that it's not a bad idea to learn how to cut fish because I love to cut fish. It's not a big deal to me, but the primo steaks that you get, the sashimi, the toro, all these little delicacies of a bluefin can't be overlooked, and a lot of people just don't know how to go through and deal with it.
2: And you say you mentioned that um, everybody I, I see now regulations say they've got to give you the collar. Yeah. Okay. Um,
3: The collars are good to barbecue or the collars smoke.
2: People people disregard uh, how good that stuff is.
3: Oh, it's really good, but it's like this. It's like you can cook a hot dog Mm -hmm. and just eat the hot dog on a bun, or you can go past just the ketchup or the mustard and make it a gourmet hot dog. That's what collars like because if you don't treat collar right, then it's a waste of your time. And sometimes, to me, I don't like collar. I love collar. I don't like the time involved to mess with the color.
2: Ah, okay.
3: I'll actually go for the, like, people don't understand, like, I can a lot of fish. Why do you can fish? Because canning in the jars is way better, you know, doing all your own stuff. But each each bottle or each, you know, bottle of, of that you're canning, you have to put some belly in, some, some Toro. So you have to keep strips back there because what that does is it adds flavor and it gives a little bulk. Then you put some jalapenos in there or you know, whatever else you're going to put in there. Lots of people do all sorts of stuff, garlic, whatever. But I'm telling you, you can sustain yourself. If you want to spend, let's say you spend spending this time and you're going to go on a trip and you're going to catch some really nice fish, it's not a bad idea to find some with a canner or buy your own canner, figure it out, and do it. And it lasts for years.
2: There you go. So, in other words, what you're stressing, not only the proper care of the fish, but at the same time, and I heard it earlier, uh. Be somewhat of a conservationist.
3: We all should be that.
2: Yeah, and and, and yeah. that's something I think sometimes it's lost. Killing for the sake of killing. I think those days are long gone. Okay, yeah. I I have to admit, back in the eighties uh, and nineties, right. I was part of it.
3: I was terrible. I I remember one of my first trips down to Cabo, and I was staying at um, the one on the hill. I can't think of the name of it. It's owned mm-hmm. by the family, but it's got the big blue marlin in it. And I was on my way up there, coming from the coming down from the harbor and in the trash can I saw like 20 striped marlin in a trash can and I was like what the what are these guys doing with these fish you know and what it was is a person didn't catch a fish until they got a picture with the fish so they'd hang the fish and kill it and then throw the fish away because the guys down there didn't want to eat those fish either so to me now you find people that have learned to smoke them to eat them certain different ways but I'm telling you, I saw that movie, The Bear, years ago, and I don't know if you ever saw that movie, and the last thing it said is, the thrill is not to kill, but to let live. Ooh, and I love that. that is what life's about to me.
2: Exactly. Fishing right.
3: through life, life through fishing, baby.
2: All right, but well, let's take a first break here. Again, we'll be talking everything tuna with Ben Seacrest, marketing director of uh, Accurate Fishing. And Utility Man. And Utility Man. Okay. Yeah. Angle Chronicles on Angels Radio, AMA 30 KLAA. We'll be right back. Now
1: live my life child.
5: Angels Radio, AMA
1: 30. Dana Wharf Sport Fishing in Dana Point Harbor. check them out! Trips for anglers of all levels depart daily and kids fish free every Sunday. Enjoy clean vessels, full galleys, and friendly expert captains and crew everything you need for a great day of fishing for everyone, including a fleet of private charters. The Dana Wharf Kids Club is the coolest club of the sea, featuring free fishing trips, whale watching adventures, and more. Check them out on the web for daily deals, including the famous Half Price Tuesday. Dana Wharf Sport Fishing, number one angler's choice since 1971. That's Dana Wharf Sport Fishing and Whale Watching, located at 34675 Golden Lantern in Dana Point. You can contact them by phone at 949-496-5794 or on the web at danawharf.com. Daily adventures, lifelong memories, established 1971. Stay connected and follow them on Facebook and Twitter
2: Welcome back, everybody. You're on Angels Radio, AMA 30 KLA, and you're listening to Angler Chronicles. And we have the pleasure today of having Ben Sechrist in studio. We're talking everything tuna. So let's start uh, dividing what we have. We don't have albacore. We haven't had it since back, you say, in uh, the 2000s. Okay, so it's been a long time. I don't know that I want them back. No, early 2000s. You know, people say, oh, the albacore. I don't know that I want them back. Those fish were only 15 to 20 pounds at best, where now we have fish from anywhere 15 to 200, 300 pounds.
3: It's called being spoiled,
4: yeah. Yep, we're being
2: spoiled. Okay, so let's look at yellowfin tuna first. They started showing up, okay, and I'm looking here as a definition. The yellowfin tuna is among the larger tuna species, reaching weights over 180 kilograms, which is about 400 pounds. Okay, now this is probably out here, although we know from our friends at Wicked Tuna and Dave Marciano, they, what's the biggest one he's ever caught? Over a 1,000, right?
3: Oh, no, no, no. You're, you're talking about yellowfins. Those are bluefins.
2: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They're saying, but here this is... Among the largest of the tuna species.
3: The largest tuna species are the bluefins, for sure.
2: For sure. Yeah, for okay. Sure. Um, this is what we call ahi, right? Yellowfin is what we call yeah. ahi. Yeah,
3: that's a Hawaiian name. They call them ahi.
2: But we know that because when they say ahi, when you go to the restaurant, you order ahi. That's what yeah. you're getting, yellowfin. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So yellowfin tuna, the ones that we have here local, I haven't seen anything really above 80 pounds. Well, they had okay.
3: 237 two years ago off Oceanside. side.
2: But that was a one fish. Yeah, one off. I think the uh, the majority of the fish that we're seeing, at least through the month of September, are probably in the 30s, 20 to 30s. Okay. Yeah.
3: Well, this year, this time of year, probably three or four years ago, I fish in the Masters every year, which is a light line bill fish tournament. Mm-hmm. And no longer is it light line, so they've changed it to a 30-pound IGFA tournament. But in the day, you could fish 12-pound, 16, 20, 30. Okay, those are your line classes. I'd always fish 12, so I caught marlin and 12, and that was worth 220 points per fish, and you release them. Well, I had these fish up in front of the boat. I seen three tailors. I was with Jock Balbright on the uh, Keokai and ran up there with 16, right? So I'd already had a 12-pound fish, so if I get a 16-pound fish, the point ratio is good. It goes up. Fishing mm-hmm. 12, your catch-to-ratio on that fish in 12-pound, it's like, mm-hmm. it's pretty slim, <laughs> all yeah. right? So, I mean, I've been very lucky to catch a few of them, but it, it takes some time. So I throw 16 at these tailors, I get bit, and I'm waiting for this fish to jump, and never jumps. So I'm sitting there, I start fighting this fish, and I fight the fish for 15 minutes, and Jock looks at me and he goes, that's not a marlin. And I go, oh my god, I think it's a tuna. And he goes, yeah, and it's a big one too. So I fight this fish for three hours. Oh my Three hours and 40 minutes. And at the very end, I'm all by myself on the back of the boat. Everybody else is inside messing around. I'm still finding the fish. Charlie Albright standing right next to me. And I turn around. I go, get the gaff. And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, I got him. I got him. I got his head turned. I got him. I'm going to get him right now. 16 mm-hmm. pound. Right? Right. Right. So I'm fighting this fish up, fighting this fish up, and all of a sudden it goes by the boat and stick it, and it was 83.1 pounds on 16-pound test.
2: That's beautiful.
3: It it was the most— That's that's poetic words to my ears. It was the—it was the—it was a stoking moment for me, but I just turned around and I thought about that light line stuff, and I'm like, like, if this thing was biting 30, I'd have three of these things, right? Right. You know, it's not. So I guess my point to you is that there are still fish—like you said 80— there's fish that are floating around out there that mm-hmm. we don't know, but the one thing I will come back and there and no disrespect to, to bluefins, but please if you guys are really into fishing, look at a full body picture of a yellowfin and look at a full body picture of a bluefin. Yellowfin has a larger motor. It's a longer, more I'm not I'm going to call it a muscular fish. It's not this it's not a plug and they fight really hard. And I trust me, I've caught a whole bunch of big bluefins. They fight really hard. But I have caught my larger yellow fins, you know, in the big marks, super and regular cows and stuff. They've almost killed me, like mm-hmm. literally, where I couldn't move my arms for a while, just because my arm, the rod was underneath my arm, and it was sh- it was shutting off the blood flow to my arm. And so, point is, is that we're very fortunate to have what we have around us, the yellow fins, the blue fins. Take advantage of them, but what am I gonna say? prior planning prevents piss poor performance mm-hmm. when you go to go fishing no matter what you're going for if you think you're going for bluefins in your head make sure that you got everything set up that you know what you're going to do and, and we'll get into we'll further get into tackle down the road but a lot of times people tend to take this really big tackle really super heavy and you know what you end up doing fighting your tackle and not the fish correct so what you want to do is you want to get to a point when you're doing this is, is get things that are going to work and when I say, work, go there, don't fish. Okay, I'm going to fish 80 pound today. No, 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 no. If they're there and they're doing the stuff, and they're bigger animals, you're going to fish 130, you mm-hmm. know. People will go to me, like, well, I'm putting 100 pound on this. There was a time when I learned how to fish for yellowfin in the 80s. And Rollo Hine is who I learned for. He goes, you either fish 60 or you fish 100. You never fish 80. That's a bastard size. And that's when there was mono. And I used to always listen to we he said. So to me... If I'm in to fish 80, I'm not going to fish 100. I'm going to fish 130. Very similar to the way Rollo thinks. It's just that I'm buying up in my success rate. So if I go to the 130, my success rate goes way up. Of course. Does it matter that, you know, that you, you, hey, I went 30 pounds up? The braid doesn't matter. It comes down to the leader. When the leader's going down and stuff, that's where you have to let the fish tell you what it wants to bite. Yeah. And that's the toughest thing I deal with right now is that I fish a lot of that, you know, uh run and gun stuff so I come up into those foamers and I throw foam, stuff at foamers. I've been fishing eighty for years and I've landed a lot of big fish. This year I've been chewed off three or four times on big fish on eighty pound. The problem is, well this is a way it comes, is a two hundred pound fish is five feet tall. Well if you look at his, his people will go, Well how long does a leader? I need a five foot leader. No you don't. He's not gonna eat it and it's not gonna go through his tail. But you need a three foot leader or so. You do not want to cast knots. And the most important thing that I'm seeing right now for me is I have to go from 80 now to 100. And I tell you guys, ah, 100, you just said don't do anything with 100. It's a big leader to cast. So you want to make a short leader that's about two and a half feet. And as soon as you get bit, wind and set. Get bit. Don't let that fish eat it any further.
2: Let's stop right there because that's a very important point. And I see this all the time. The knot. Okay? People... Will put six, eight, ten feet worth of liter and they go make the cast. That knot hits the, the, the it top. It flubs, it gives you and, wind knots. And yeah, you got a terrible. So uh. here's two things that I do I either do a four foot, maybe five foot, whatever I can cast without having the knot go yeah. through the top of the eye, the, the top eye. Or, and this is crazy what I've been doing, it's expensive, put on. I know yards. what you do, yeah. Okay, and, uh. and here's the reason. Uh, at least it works for me. The majority of spectra or braided lines float. Fluorocarbon is heavy, and fluorocarbon will sink. I like to nose hook my sardines.
4: Yeah.
2: I don't like any other thing and then that because that can allows me to make a better cast, okay? So that extra line will push my bait down. I don't yeah. have to butt hook' them or do whatever. Just nose hook them and let all that extra line go. I'm not casting 30 yards. I'm not right. casting 20 yards. I'm casting what? Because you, you don't want to cast too far because then you'll damage the the bait when it hits the water. Yeah. Remember, if you hit the water from a very high altitude, it feels like yeah. cement. That's Same for a thing.
3: sideways cast on one of the corners. Sideways or, yeah.
2: or sometimes you even just letting it, if you got a good drift and you got good movement of the boat, sometimes just letting it off the uh, back yeah. of the boat is good. Um, so those are the two things that I, I want to point out. Either a short leader where you're not casting the knot, or a lot of lines so you're not going to cast yeah. that knot through So the... you know
3: and some people do what you? I mean, I personally don't like that because I'd rather cast braid than, than fluorocarbon right. or mono. But the one thing that he's just saying is don't cast the knot, what does that make you think? Maybe you should know your knots better? Right, right. So everybody yeah, but you know what? More
2: out. and more I'm noticing um, your rods uh, have smaller and smaller eyes. Well, <laughs> oh, so they, they do. They you do, know? but that's
3: why you tie an FG knot. An FG knot goes right through the guides, and the other knot, an SC knot. There's like two or three knots that go through guides mm-hmm. really good. Guides trip that i tie fg knots i tie them every single time yeah, no matter you what you time
2: for me <laughs> yeah i
3: time for you time for whatever but, but the fg knot has never failed me i've never had one fish go away from that knot what i end up having problems with is them chewing through the line mm-hmm. you know and my knots are sound people go well it's so hard it's like anything else how did you learn how to drive a car you practiced. right how do you learn how to cast you practice practice tying your knots
2: right Uh, i can't tell you how many times i go ahead and make um, a connection line uh, knot between fluorocarbon and and braid okay and it looks really good i cinch the whole bit i start to start clipping the tips and i just one more time and it comes undone you
3: know what's weird with that is that that when and this is just everybody doesn't i i used to do it all the time i've learned how not to do it you cut your tag end too loose without cinching your knot fully so when all the tag ends are full Get your get your wraps, mm-hmm. get your knot pullers, put it on the line and pull. If the knot pops, then the knot is cinched. Then trip your tag You cannot tighten your hands so that you're not pull you cannot tighten your line with your hands. With your hands. No. And that won't pop. So that happens that happens a lot and my hands are scarred forever from doing that and um I think it's super important. But
2: even with that, you yeah. still don't have enough pressure. Okay, Wait. the knot pullers, go. Oh, with my
3: knot pullers, dude, I pull and it pops. I have pulled so hard that
2: I've actually popped the, the line Yeah, because I pulled too hard. But you've got to use them, folks. It, yeah. it makes all the difference in the world. The last thing you want is to have perhaps one of your personal best fish. Because your knot comes undone and it wasn't. Well, uh, I've back.
3: had that. I've had oh. that. I've had. You know where I've had it? That was recent, and I was really like dumbfounded.
2: Where
4: I
3: made a cast, I got bit, and I was fighting this fish, and all of a sudden everything came back. And I looked, and my my braid to mono or my braid to fluor was fine. And I looked down, and it was the knot that I put the the mega bait oh, on heartbreaker. with.
2: Heartbreaker. All right, everybody, hang on tight. Everything tuna with Ben Seacrest. Is coming up some more, 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 more. Angler Chronicles on Angels Radio, AM830, KLA. We'll be right back. You got a fast car, and I got a plan to get us out of here. a
7: oh. AM830. Ron, these sunglasses are nice. Yes, Sergio. Inferno USA Eyewear, they are great. They were created eight years ago to provide a far superior product with an unbeatable lifetime warranty. You like the burn machine billet aluminum frames extreme wrap style sunglasses and goggles all in one they have removable foam inserts they're polarized and have polarized transitional lenses available too the burn style is hands down the greatest wind in your face glass ever made no wind dirt or debris in your eyes at up to 100 miles per hour simply put they're awesome i prefer the fuel style frame they are made from tr90 nylon material that keeps them extremely lightweight and very durable you won't even realize that you're wearing them tons of color options and polar Lenses available. The fuels also keep wind out of your eyes at very high speeds.
2: Inferno USA Eyewear. They're nice sunglasses. No gimmicks, just quality construction and protection for your eyes. Inferno USA, check them out and get yours at www.infernousa.com. That's www.infernousa.com.
7: Hello, everybody. This is Captain Rick from the 85 foot luxurious sportfisher Ocean Odyssey. Departing from H&M Landing in San Diego, California, Ocean Odyssey is Angler Chronicle's number one choice in San Diego offshore fishing. Whether you are a beginner or a seasoned veteran, Ocean Odyssey is equipped with all your fishing needs. From five-star meals, state-of-the-art electronics, spray brine fish hold, and spacious accommodations, make Ocean Odyssey the number one choice for your next offshore fishing adventure. To make your reservation today, log on to oceanodysseyfishing.com or call Dina at 619-889-4535. Again, that's oceanodysseyfishing.com or 619-889-4535. Ocean Odyssey is a proud sponsor of Angler Chronicles.
0: There's nothing more peaceful than fishing, just me, my pole and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, it's Captain Dave Marciano here. I'm wicked excited to tell you about my new website, AngelicaSeafoods.com, where you can now order fresh, local New England seafood shipped overnight right to your door. Go to AngelicaSeafoods.com.
5: Angels Radio, AM
0: 830.
2: Welcome back, everybody. You're on Angels Radio, AM 830 KLA, listening to Angler Chronicles. When we're covering everything tuna. All right. When we went to break, uh, we were talking about our connection knots and how important it is to to make them. Highly recommend go to um, Accurate Fishing on the website. Uh, You've got all the knots yeah, on there. We, right? we
3: have knots on our uh, we have knots on our YouTube channel, but you could also just Google. FGs. So the pina knot also is an excellent, excellent knot. Ah, uh, aka the Bob Sands knot. To me, it's the same thing. They're both the same knot. But that's a great knot. But here's the deal: when you have pressure on your line and it's coming up towards the tip, and let's say you have a longer leader, the knot's what gets hit, what hits the tip, and that's what stops the whole thing. So a lot of guys will sit there and, go, ah, and they're trying to wind the knot. Just drop your rod. Just drop your rod like two inches, wind, and the knot will come right on it and it will come right right. back on and through. So, if you really are like tripping on that whole thing, what you can do is take dental floss. And with the dental floss, where your knot is where you see the knots, a vertical side of your knot, two wraps of dental floss on the line, one wrap, and then none wraps. And what you do is you can create yourself a ramp. At a dental floss, as it hits the tip, the ramp will come up and let the knot come over without you having to drop
2: your tip. Check that out. I didn't know that yeah. one. all right All so, right. But you have all these, because we, we're throwing out a lot of names of knots that people may yeah. not know. No, no. All these You knots, have these yeah. on the website, right? You
3: can hit, you could Google my name and the knot. You could just Google the knot, whatever you want to do. But I've pretty much tied all of them. And the reason I learned all about knots wasn't like me having this crazy thing going on where I need to know all the knots. It was me trying to pass on information to you guys when COVID was here. Right. When COVID was here, there was no way for us to really talk to you. So what I started doing with those videos, and as those videos just progressed, information videos seemed to be something you guys wanted to do. So I do a lot of informational videos, like on reels or on, you know, there's there's so much stuff to learn on how to do it. And like I said, if if the thimble is full i know a third of what's in the thimble right now so i know a lot but there's a lot of guys that know more and then there's quite a few guys that don't know any so well and
2: and, and what we want is everybody to catch fish because you know at the end of the day i get such a kick out of seeing somebody catch a fish perhaps her personal best perhaps her first tuna i've seen a lot of first tunas That's where the smiles are. That's where the yeah. genuine stuff is. The information that we are sharing with these people or with, every, with our listeners uh, yeah. today is stuff that we know works. You know, there's that old saying, 10% of the anglers catch 90% of the yeah. fish. Yeah. You want to be part of that 10%, but it seems like the 10% never really grows. Yeah. And it doesn't grow because... People are not paying attention. People are not putting in the time.
3: No, it, it's our society is rushed. I mean, everything is rushed in our
2: society. You can't rush fishing. But,
3: <laughs> but I'll tell you something that that I have a lot of I have a lot of like pride in is that I've been fishing a lot with my daughters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when they were smaller, I'd, I'd hook a fish and hand it to them. Right. Yeah. So now we are on the boat. We've been on the boat two or three times this year. They've caught some really big ones with me. And I'm hooking a fish and I'm trying to hand it to them. And they're like, I don't want that fish. I'm yeah. like, Excuse me? No, no, I want to hook my own fish, want to wind in my own fish. I want to do everything myself. Right. And both the girls did that this last couple trips. And it completely blew my mind. And the thing that I thought was really funny is that I had my wife on the boat and Kaylee on the boat. And my wife will not take a hand off. She'll right. tell you, you, sit on it. I ain't taking your hand off, I don't want nothing. So. They couldn't get bit on the surface iron because they can't cast as well. You need to be able to cast, and the fish were spooky. So hooking fish, and they didn't want those fish. So they're like, well, what are we going to do? And I go, well, we're going to troll one up for you. So put the thing back. I won't even mention the name because everybody knows what it is. And troll that thing, and I troll about 60, 90 seconds. We're bit. They're like, so what are we doing? I go, you don't want to take handoffs? Pick the rod up out of the rod holder. But if that rod goes into the water, you guys are paying for it. So they went through and they caught their own fish on the troll this year versus bait because the fish weren't really biting bait the first trip. They caught a couple of fish on the troll. And the funny thing there is when you get someone in the position, you have to make sure they know how to use the rail. So my kids didn't know how to use the rail that well. So I was trying to teach them. And... At the very end, we had to move things around. But the point is, the only way that you will learn is by doing. And if you look at it as a defeat instead of it as an obstacle, you won't go any further. My kids looked at everything that they couldn't do as an obstacle, and the next time they did it. When I took them this last time, they both caught fish on trolled mackerels. And to watch them get the bites, it looked like someone had plugged them in electrically. They were, you know, so... What you were talking about earlier is watching people get the big charge out of catching the fish, especially if it's your own kids. You have to be patient, plus you have to give them the right information so that they are successful.
2: But let me throw this out. Uh, We try to do this with the Angler Chronicle Fishing Schools and try to give out information and try to help these guys catch fish. The one thing I've noticed, you take a kid or you take a girl. They listen. Yeah. You take a guy, there's the pride. There's no
3: ego, dude. Yeah,
2: there, there shouldn't be any pride, ego. The
3: pride's a different deal. Ego's ego. ego's yeah, ego. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and I try to tell people look, what happens on these trips doesn't have to go anywhere. This is where you get to try out, listen, pick our brains. Yeah. We'll help you tie knots. We'll teach you how to tie knots. That's when all this happens. I have the example of Rhonda. Rhonda, five years ago, did not fish at all. Yeah. Right now, the only thing that she hasn't caught that we say catch on a regular basis, is a white sea bass and an albacore. She's got yellowfin, bluefin. She's got wahoo. Well, she's striped got marlin. Rooster. she got a local striped got, marlin? Well, she's got a striped marlin down in, in Mexico, the Mexico, yeah, Ket- yeah, okay. So the, the thing is, she has no... Um, she, and she, she learned from me, okay? So right. I'm hoping that I didn't pass on any bad habits. But we all do. We all do yeah. have some bad habits. But yeah. she has gone a long way, and now she goes on the ocean odyssey trips with us yeah. and you know i don't have to do anything she now grabs her bait oh, baits no, her I fish hook, with her. and she throws it out she hooks she, she yeah. does the whole thing and she and even now i've told her when somebody's next to you say a deckhand a captain um who knows and i know some of you guys think you know more than they do you don't they do this day after day after day. That's their job. But
3: there are some of them that become brain dead in a sense, and there's some that aren't. Well, But the majority,
2: of the at least the ones that we fish with, you know, the guys on the El Dorado, the guys on the Ocean Odyssey, you know, out of Dana Wharf, out of Pierpoint. I mean, these guys, we've been lucky, I don't know if it's our charters, they help, but you've got to listen to what they say. Um, Don't let the ego come into play. Look, there's plenty of times when I'm going up the rail and People know that I am vertically challenged. You like that one? Okay. That way I'm not too, too tall. So when you go around the bow, okay, you always have that anchor there. And it's very hard for me to get <laughs> to get that line around. So you know what? You get a deck deckhand. Boy, they climb on top of there. i oh,
3: some of them do some crazy stuff yeah, up you there.
2: Give them your rod. Let them get you around. They hand it back to you. They save you a lot of hassles. A lot yeah. of times... You know, when. also, here's another one. Your bait goes underneath. You got a fish on. He's under the boat.
4: Yeah.
2: You got to point. I mean, if you don't know that, you got to point your rod down and do a whole bunch of things to get them to get out of there. Hand it to your deckhand. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. They will get it done. If they come over with a why, let them do what they have to do. But pay attention because what they want is what you want. They yeah, want yeah. that fish on the deck because that's part of the count. You yeah. see? So it. it they, we all work together. So, um, and we'll talk about working together on the rail. You fish a lot, you know, on smaller boats. But I'm telling you, these party boats, hey, you got to Hey, well, this going... year,
3: I've got just as many big oh, boats okay. as you do. So, yeah. like, I've been on the Shogun and the Constitution and the Poseidon. And... So, you
2: know what happens when you got I've 20, 30 guys with right yeah. a wide open bites. Yeah. So, so again, let me bring you back to the knots. Uh, folks, check out Ben Seacrest. Just Google him. You've got a lot of stuff on Accurate. You've Go got, to Accurate yeah, YouTube all channel. The knots. And then look at the videos, but just because you looked at the video doesn't mean you know how to tie knots. You actually follow along, do them. Once you did them, do it again. Once you did it again, do it 10 more times okay. until you can do it blindfolded.
3: If you want to see something that's really cool, like I, I love all different types of fishing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know that, sir. I'll fish that's- for this. They're all fish for 1,000 pounders. I don't care. Mm-hmm. There's one guy named Jacob Wheeler. He's a professional bass fisherman. Watch him tie his FG knots. He has them so wired that he ties them in, I would say, 30 seconds.
2: And that's not an easy knot. No, thing.
3: mine are probably a minute. He ties him in half the time I tie them. but it's amazing to watch the small tricks. So if you watch the, you know, watch these guys that don't tie knots and they're teaching you how to tie an FG knot, they're teaching you a way where you stick the line in your mouth and you do this and you do that. Well, you figure out a way to put the line around your finger figure it tight so you can work your index finger and your thumb around you can tie that knot really super really super fast but the thing about it is it's so effective so the biggest thing i can tell you is don't cast knots send them we'll get out of this knot deal and the other thing is cinch your knots mm-hmm. all right if you don't cinch your knots and learn your knots oh, yeah.
2: you do everything that we all these things that we're telling you about not casting the knot, but if you don't have a good knot, it doesn't matter whether you cast it or not.
3: It, no, i agree.
2: It's going to get blown up. All right, so knots is big. So let's go back to the yellowfin. Difference between, in your opinion, yellowfin and bluefin.
3: Uh, difference to me is yellowfin are brutal. They're powerful. I mean, I spent seven years, I think, three or four times a year fishing with Maximus down at Trace Maria's. And El Banco and a couple other places down there... Um, I've been on long-range chips, caught a lot of fish on long-range chips. in early years. So it's like learning how things can pull like a fish like that, that can pull, Mm -hmm. they can pretty much brutalize you. And people all come to me, they'll go, well, you don't know, I fish 40 pounds of dragon. I'm not talking
4: smack on people.
3: If you think you're fishing some drag... You know, get yourself some sort of device where you can go figure out what drag is, if it's a, a digital or if it's a handheld, whatever you're going to get. But put your reel on the rod and put the line through the guides and pull on it and figure out what 20 pounds feels my, like, yeah, 15 my, pounds feels like. My
2: understanding that for a normally-sized man, it's hard to pull on anything more than 28 pounds of drag.
3: 28 pounds is huge, dude. That's what I'm saying. In, in, my, in my, my prime... I was setting at 28 right because mm-hmm. you have to figure once a fish takes a third of your spool 28 goes up to like 36 right. then he takes half your spool and you're you're damn near you're above 50 pounds right so i've had some recent go-ins and and i don't know why i do what i do sometimes but i literally had a couple like 70-ish pound 80-ish pound fish on a 600 narrow, and I just kept on putting the drag up, putting the drag up, putting the drag up, putting the drag up, till I literally couldn't pull the drag up off my hand. And I'm figuring, I'll break this fish off, I'll break this fish off, bro. break this. And I'm fighting these fish for an hour on 60, on 65 pound line, right? So, I finally get the fish, and it's all about, you know what it's all about? It's about the slow, easy pace wins the race so there's your new one the slow easy pace wins the race because if you're not slow and easy and you do any sort of jerking or anything else it's all gone. you're doing is irritating him so I get the real on the rod and I get the real uh, in low and I slowly do it when he lets me do it and what what's gonna happen in my brain I can see it fish is gonna kick out when he kicks out he's in a circle and he's going wide what you do is you keep on pointing the fish at the fish. People say, don't point the rod at the fish. Well, this one, a fish is in a circle and you're doing something like that. Point the rod at the fish. Get mm-hmm. down when he's coming back in. And when you see him reach the 180 and he starts coming back into the 200 degrees and he's coming at you, start whining like a son of a gun. Yeah. Whine, whine, whine. That's
2: when you, this song That's is when very you whine. App- then and, you hold. And this song, because we got to go to break, is very appropriate. Oh. Iron Man. Okay, uh, uh. so there's times to be it and other times not to be it. Alright, folks, you're on Angels Radio AMA thirty K L A. This is Angle Chronicles and we'll be right back. He
6: Visit anglerchronicles.com for details.
0: Angels Radio, AM
2: 830. Welcome back, everybody. You're on Angels Radio, AM 830, KLA, and this is Angry Chronicles. And a little penny wise. and let me tell you, you need to be a dollar wise when you catch these <laughs> fish. You like that? You like that? Anyway, uh, corny as heck, but it's okay. We've been talking about uh, tuna, and I want to continue this conversation. We're talking techniques right now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, techniques, everything. Tackle it. We can mix it all in. Yeah. But, guys, please listen. Okay, you're, you're in the privacy uh, right now where you can just hear this. I see so many of you go out on these boats and you're not catching. And you, you get upset. You get frustrated. Don't do that. Pay attention. All it takes is a little bit of paying attention. What's going on around you? Okay, you know Ben's giving you a ton of tips here of what to do, and we're going to get into getting bit because you can't fight a fish if you don't get bit. All right, that's that's a big deal, and that people always say, "How come I get bit so much?" Well, you 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 I sort of see how many fish I lose because I go such light line and small. But see,
3: that's what people don't understand is that they'll come to me and they'll go, "You're hooking a lot of fish." And on a, a recent trip I was on, I got my limit, but I lost three times my Dude, limit. That's what I'm saying, right, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, how does that happen?" And I'm like, "Well, you guys don't realize I'm fishing twenty-five pound mm-hmm. leader, and these fish are forty to sixty pounds. They get the hook in the right spot, you know. Even a circle hook. People have this." preconceived notion that every time a circle hook lands in the corner of the mouth no 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 no, and i'll tell you something i learned last week and this is i'm just throwing it out there but it came from a really good source that talks a lot with you know some of the scientists we push on these tournaments these are circle hook tournaments okay so a circle hook supposedly is a lot more effective and it's a lot more humane on the fish if a fish swallows a circle hook all the way down, and you, st- he, you start, you, you get ready, and you start pulling on the fish, he can get hooked anywhere inside on that circle hook, just as he would. He can get gut hooked on a circle hook as he can anything else. But the one thing this other person was telling me about was that literally a circle hook with, depending on how wide that opening is in that circle hook, that could combine and grab, you know, gill rakers. It can combine do all these things. So in an essence, and I'm not. I think circle hooks are great. But in essence, it's just like... I hear some people talk down to, down to people that fish J-hooks. Know what you're talking about before you speak.
2: Well, go I won't, talk to, listen, Go I won't talk use, to those guys. I won't use a circle hook until I know the fish are over 80 yeah. to 100 pounds. That's, that's when I'm going to put a circle hook on. Yeah. If not, I'm a J-hook. And um, don't get me wrong, guys. Okay, but to me... Setting the hook is such an exciting thing. So if you're telling me on a circle hook I can't set the hook, I'm not happy. I mean, to me, that big yellow, the fish starts to peel line, you put it in gear, set the hook. That is my rush, okay, and then to see him run. Okay, on a circle hook, you can experience something similar, but it's not as primitive i guess well you just put the
3: reel in gear and you slowly push it up to strike and you set the hook and you know what
2: with an 80 plus pound fish if i know those are the bigger models yeah at night you bet i'm going to be trying to use if i'm using bait i'm gonna do that um but yeah hooks are very very important but see look what's happening right now they've been a little skittish okay very timid
3: Dude, they've been that way all the entire year for me dude
2: i have never experienced in past years when the yellowfin are not wanting the thick line. I mean, I remember yellowfin, 30, 40, at a 20-pound fish, no problem, 3 odd hook, no problem. Now it's a problem, okay? I mean, I I saw it. Everybody knows I love light line. I'm always with the little tinker toys, the little guys, okay? And I'm throwing 30, nothing. I throw 25, something. But the minute I went to 20-pound, every single bait, that's bit.
3: that. No, what he's saying right there—that the thing about it—he's going to get bit, no matter what. Like what he just said, I went from thirty nothing to twenty five, and then to twenty. I did the same thing, and I've done it ten times this year. But a lot of times, I get stuck on twenty five. I don't care if I get bit every cast on twenty because I know, I know now that I'm only going to get fifty percent right. of <laughs> right. the fish that I hook. But on 25, I seen my percentage go up 10 percent. So now I'm getting 60 percent mm-hmm. of the fish, or whatever yeah. it is. So
2: it's finding the happy medium. Okay? It is, and because then, I'll tell you what: if we if we threw out 10 pound test, oh my! But you, you're going to get blowed up. You're not going to do it. All right. And 20, you're pushing the limit. But you know, I'm not saying you can because I landed I've landed a ton of fish on 20 pound. But a lot of things have to happen if. Uh, and Well, just, let's just chat about this, okay? Everybody knows I like my bass rod, and I try to catch everything on a bass rod. My bass rod is a little bit of cheating because it is rated 25 to 45-pound test. I use the 300, okay, the little accurate BV300. And there's a reason. When you take the weight of my bass rod, the fishing syndicate, and you add the 300, I have to admit that one time it was a little rough out there. I was in the Ocean Odyssey. I go to make a cast, just a fly line bait, thank God it was fly line, I was, you know, my spool was up. I make the cast and the boat moves and as the boat moves, somebody behind me pretty much falls on me from behind. Guess what? My rod is in the water now. Ben, I was ready to jump in. That cat goes, what are you doing, sir?" But you wouldn't
3: need you but, a ladder to get oh, up onto the top oh, no, to jump no, no. off the side. So
2: <laughs> there it is. All right, but here's the deal. It floated. Huh, okay. that's interesting. Because well,
3: everything th- was super lightweight.
2: Super lightweight, and my, my rod has that, um, what do they call that, uh, the golfing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, God, what is the name of it? Anyway, it's got the, the grips. Wind grips. Wind grips, okay? And those things float, but it was so light, and the reel is so light. And thank God that I didn't have any weight, and it wasn't in gear. We were able just to grab it and bring it back on the boat. So I like light in my hand. Yeah. Okay, well, what does that do? It also allows you, when you use lighter equipment, to use lighter line. The worst thing you want to do is take heavy gear and put 20-pound test on it. If your rod is a stiff rod, it's not going to help you. Okay, you need action on your tip. It's got to be able to bend. You got to give that 20-pound every possible advantage. Your drag has to be set right. The rod has to have the right bend. And if you're trying to muscle in a fish, don't use 20-pound. And you said it earlier, when the fish wants to run, let him run. This is not a yellowtail. It is not a calico bass. They don't, they're not going to go for structure. Oh, You're in two, two to 3,000 feet of water. All they're going to do is run, and just like every living thing, eventually they get tired. I find that I'm catching my fish on light line and all about simply because I tire them out. Okay, it's who's got the, mo- the most stamina. Usually them, but you know what? If you can tire out that fish, And Ben said something earlier when he said when you caught that 80 plus pounder yellowfin. You know when you turn their head. And when you turn their head, lead them slowly. The harder you pull, it seems that the harder they want to pull. Okay? Try to lead them. Back to you, and it's um. I know it sounds kind of like you know in the dirt, but you know no, what? No, no,
3: it's always been the same. It's always uh, been the same. Game fish will pull as hard as you. You're not that
2: out. much of a light line unless you're in a tournament.
3: No, no, but you know what? I again, and Sergio is telling you his preference. Yeah, I'm not going to go through and tell you to fish light line if you're learning how to fish, because you're going to turn to me and go, "Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I just back <laughs> stuff off." Yeah. So you know, find your find your equal medium. You know, and again, remember, don't know what you're going for so know your adversary and try to it's same as golfing i'm gonna use a putter on the green i'm gonna use a wood when i got to drive far i'm gonna use a seven iron when i can go through and hit so there's something for everybody and that means there's certain certain reels certain line classifications all that stuff comes into play so you know like right now we're trying to do is we're talking a little bit about how, techniques on how to go through and land fish. We're talking about light line. But I could tell you that without doing any of this stuff, you won't know. And you can learn through other people's mishaps. Oh, yeah. If you go through and pay attention and watch someone, Sergio's fishing 20-pounder and he hooks a 80-pounder, that's done. It's over. But you learned if you watch, you're not going to want to do that again, right? Well, I'd
2: do it over and over again because, um, but here's, okay, but here's the thing. You know, my situation, this is why we're sharing our purse. Please, guys, understand. We're giving you what works for us. Ben and I fish very differently, but we both catch fish, okay? It's, you got to find your groove. You got to find your rhythm. You got to find what works for you. I have been fishing for a while now. I fish a lot. So now... Like your daughters, I'm constantly. What's the next challenge? What's the next challenge? I'm like, I'm like, I, we don't know everything. I just say, you know, guys, the, the reason that perhaps that we are sharing all this stuff because we're on the water so much compared to just everybody else. This is what we do. You work for Accurate, I am Angler Chronicles. So, guys, we're on the water a lot. So, we're just sharing with you. But it's that next hurdle. I've already caught them on 30, I've already caught them. Can I catch them on 12? I've got something crazy I don't recommend to people. You know, we've got a personal bet with uh, Andrew Mack and with Tony. We're going to go out and we're going to put two-pound test on bass, saltwater bass.
3: That's going to last a long time, like not at all. You might as well wear dresses when you do that. I'm
2: I'm down to four-pound test. I've caught a 3.8-pound bass so far.
3: Okay, I want to see a picture. I don't trust these guys. I don't weigh their face. Oh,
2: yeah, I have pictures. I posted them already on Facebook. All right, listen, we're going to take a, a short break. I can't believe we killed the first hour. What I really want to talk about in the next hour is more about what Rodgers should have, what what kind of tackle. That becomes crucial right now. Folks, you're on Angels Radio, AM830, KLA. This is Angler Chronicles, and we will be right back.
7: Angels Radio. AM
0: 830. One of the most exciting events on the SoCal calendar is back. The Pacific Air Show is in Huntington Beach, September 29th through October 1st. Don't miss the biggest lineup of fast jets in Pacific Air Show history with spectacular overwater aerial displays for fun, family-friendly entertainment. Get your tickets now at PacificAirShow.com. General admission is just $25 plus a booking fee. There's an expanded ticket area too, so don't be left outside the fence and come on out to the Pacific Air Show in Huntington Beach. Do you have an invention idea but don't know what to do next? Call Invent Help today.
2: We have representatives nationwide who will explain the InventHelp process step-by-step. Step. Over 10,000 patents have been secured through InventHelp's patent referral services. The InventHelp data bank includes thousands of companies who have agreed to review new ideas. We've been helping inventors since 1984. Let's help you next. Get started today.
0: Oh,
2: 1-800-217-4380. That's 1-800-217-4380. Again,
0: 1-800-217-4380. Angels Radio AMA 30 K.L.A.A.
5: Orange County, Los Angeles, and Inland Empire,
0: where Angels
2: baseball live. Hey, Jackson, good morning, sir. Hey,
8: Sergio, good morning, sir. Good morning, to Ben Seacrest. Nice to morning, sir. Hear your voice back on there. Yeah, you know what? If I was actually batting, I'd be I'd be fortunate to hit a bass, third base. It wouldn't be close to the wall. <laughs> I, I guarantee you. If I if I hit it at third base, I'd be very happy. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, no, it's all good. Tuna, you know, we've had some good fishing. Uh, uh, well, can you believe it's almost October here? But but uh, September's been phenomenal. I expect it to keep right up. I don't know why not. And uh, But anyway, speaking of tuna, okay, let's get right into the show here, uh, Sergio, for tomorrow, October 1st. Uh, uh, Valley Sports West, of course, 830 tomorrow morning. We're going to run the... Uh, the episode that we, you and I, uh, named David and Goliath aboard the Double O. Of course, it's a, it's aboard the Ocean Odyssey. It's a trip uh, you guys made uh, actually to the Tanner mm-hmm. to start with, and where, where uh, by the way, the fish are still there,
2: Tanner Cortez in yeah. that area. Yeah, uh-huh.
8: <laughs> yeah, I know. There was you and Ron, Ben Seacrest, of course, and and the whole crew. But anyway, it was excellent fishing, and it's topped off. By young uh, David Shigematsu, who was, what, 15, 16 years old? At the time, he was uh,
2: 16 years old. Um, You know, he was so skinny and and, and thin. I mean, it was like you could probably, I think the wind could have blown him away, okay? And to see uh, a young kid like that, uh, he's not extremely muscular. He's just a kid. Uh, Take direction because, you know, we talked about that earlier in the show. Ben, myself, and the crew, we would tell him what to do this, do that, and the kid did it. I'll tell you what, he did it just as we asked him to do it, and he landed this fish. I think it was 207, it was over 200 mm-hmm. pounds. Okay. It,
8: it, it was over two. Yeah. And you know, uh, quite honestly, David re- reminds me of myself when I was about 15. Uh, I graduated from high school, I was six foot two weighed 140 pounds in fact i jo- I joined the navy right away and 140 was the minimum for my height in order to join the navy so i i barely made the cut but uh uh I-, I think david uh he probably weighs a little bit more than that but uh you know when i was 15 though let me tell you let me tell you for sure nobody was catching 200 pound fish <laughs> i mean that was that was just Unless it might have been a black sea bass or something. No, we're
2: we're living a phenomenon, and um, how long it's going to last, I don't know. But if you don't take advantage, you're going to lose out. Uh, I would much rather catch a big fish every weekend than never again. Okay, so oh, uh,
8: absolutely. And you know, we say this quite often. Uh, You know, a lot of people like to talk about the so-called good old days. Well, okay, let me tell you that, that truthfully. I've been fishing since. I was eight or nine years old. This is back in the early fifties, and let me tell you, the the good old days are right now, right now. These are the good old days, and uh, I, I, I don't, I doubt that there's anyone anywhere that remembers fishing like this back in the sixties, seventies, eighties, unless unless you were on a sixteen day trip or something like that. Mm-hmm. So no, these are the good old days, and David and Goliath. It, it's this is really accurate. Um, Title that that you came up with, this, Sir. Wait, Jill,
2: was because, that pun accurate?
8: You know, they, you know, <laughs> in, in the Bible, David slayed Goliath, and you know what? A lot of people don't know this, but if you read the account, David cut off Goliath's head. Well, guess what? The bluefin, <laughs> the bluefin gets decapitated too. Of course, we don't videotape that.
2: No, but, no actually, we but, do uh, have. On this episode, we do have uh, some of the uh, the ways the guys are filleting the fish. If I'm not, yeah, yeah. So, oh, you now, know,
8: they they do a it's a little different for a in
2: well, a little picked, different a, a lot
8: a, different playing a tuna than compared to a you know a yellowtail or a bass or anything like that.
2: Absolutely. Oh
8: God, did, did I say fillet and bass in the same sentence? Yeah, you forgive better not me, say sir, you forgive. better not say
2: bass fillet. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so forgive um, me. <laughs> forgiven. Here's the deal. Okay. Perfect, perfect episode for what we've been talking about. You're gonna see Ben do a little short there. He talks about some of the stuff that we're doing during the trip. Uh, ben was instrumental in getting uh, David on this fish. In fact I think it was your hookup. I, th-
3: I think it was Ben sitting out there for a couple hours with the flying fish with the rod in my hand and getting bit.
2: And then saying who wants it. And then, and then he woke he was in the galley, I think he had fallen asleep, comes no, up. he
3: was actually sitting beside me. Oh,
2: that's cool. Yeah. But here, here's what I loved about this and this is why guys, please pay attention. Okay. This was a kid who had never caught a fish anywhere near that side. Mm -hmm. Right next to Ben Seacrest, right next to the the crew, right next to me. Paid attention, took care, and got the fish. I can tell you that there was another fish caught where I saw three guys, extremely big, extremely muscular, go up there. And in the the span of 10 minutes, they were so done, okay, because it's all the wrong technique. And mm-hmm. then who saved them was the deckhand. I think yeah. he, the deckhand. I think stepped in and got the fish, probably 75 percent of the way. And then finally they, they got back on it. But again, little David, he we he did have he to had hand little, it off he had a little help around the anchor. Yeah, around yeah. the anchor. We've yeah. talked about that. Okay, um, but primarily he did it in, on his own, and it was a big feed. We I just fished with him recently, mm-hmm. back on the the Ocean Odyssey, and it's amazing to see now. How much older? How much wiser? And everything that we told him, he still does, and he pays attention. So, very
8: apropos George, show. It, it, it's it's really an excellent episode, and you're right, David paid it, paid attention there to Ben and and others, and uh, and it paid off. Oh, my gosh, a uh, uh, blue tin over two hundred pounds. It's all it's all in the episode, it will air tomorrow morning, starting at 8, well at eight thirty tomorrow morning, again at ten a.m. And it'll air five times this next week, Sergio. So, anyway, uh, that's what's on the air tomorrow on Anger Cardinals Television in the stunning high definition. And you all have a great weekend. And we'll start a new month tomorrow, Sergio. All
2: right. Looking forward to it. October, well, uh, the end of uh, hurricane season. So, everything starts to calm down. And the weather... I think it's better in October. I
3: think it's changed, bro.
2: You think it's changed?
3: Yeah, they're having another hurricane on the East Coast that's going to batter them again. That's East
2: Coast. We're West yeah, Coast.
3: Yeah, but we've already had two of them.
2: Yeah, La Niña El Niño, West Coast and East Coast yeah. are two different things. So let's just hope in the Remember the old days we used to do the charter with you, the long range of 5 day or 6 day, and you always picked October because it was better weather. Remember that? So what?
8: We in, I, I we made 13 trips on, yeah, the, searcher on the searcher in really. October. And we didn't have bad weather in one of those thirteen years, mm-hmm. and that was always October. So caught my uh, big, and, my and first
2: big Things have ye- not changed. So I caught my I caught my first big yellowtail with them on the searcher, and he, here's how far I didn't know, uh, Ben. I'm bringing this fish in, okay? I mean I'm I mean I'm putting the wood. In fact, I had a at a four rod with the Accuplates. Remember the Accuplates? Yeah. A big handle. I'm coming in forty pound test. On a yo-yo jig, I'm coming in, you know, and I, I'm on the bow now, so I can't see over, okay? And I had a couple of guys that we fished with. These, these primarily were captains of deckhands, okay? And we're looking, and a couple of deckhands, uh, Marty and also Jack, your son-in-law, Captain Jack Lester, they look over the rail and go, oh, Sergio, <laughs> nice, sand bass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, this fish was 32 pounds. It was the biggest oh, yeah, one I caught. Yeah. And I mean, it, I had struggled. We got it on video. Yeah I, yeah, I had struggled on it. And they tell me a big sand, I was about to just throw the rod away. I, they go, no, 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 stop. And then they hook this fish. They bring it up. And we, yeah, we got all that on video. That was that was oh, a yeah, back there. Sure. Those were the days when you yeah, had you that big, huge uh, VC, uh, um, VHS cameras. Those big, huge ones. Danny's walking around. Did you wear
3: pumps then, so you could get up to the rail?
2: Really? Did you see that? <laughs> oh, Do you God. hear that?
8: You, you, you can't. They can't let you alone, uh, Sergio. No, no. I'm trying, I don't to, know. I'm trying to think what that was. That that it was on the Searcher sixth day. It was probably Hippolito
2: or Ascension. No, it was, were there, at Guadalupe, Guadalupe. Yeah, it, it was Guadalupe. Yeah, it was. No, it
8: wasn't Guadalupe. No, no it the wasn't. Searcher, I never. I only went to Guadalupe once on the Searcher, and that was. Uh, that was an eighty four. So oh, that, been- that was full of yellow. Yeah, that
2: could been. yeah, it was I remember it was about three hundred feet. You had a yo yo uh, uh a six X. I was getting all the way to the bottom and then just crank as fast as I could, boom, and I got bit and it was like wow. All right, but anyway, let me okay. bring it back. It's everything Tuna, out, Danny. Thank you so much. Bally Sports West tomorrow. Uh, 8.30 in the morning, and you'll see a lot of the stuff that Ben's been talking about. You'll actually get to see it, and it'll be a big bluefin, two big bluefin, we make, or three maybe. Okay. No, no, We had a 237 or 207.
8: <coughs> I don't remember yeah, they're one.
2: They're the other all one. It was, uh, you guys William. have a great yeah, weekend, Sergio and Ben. All right. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Danny. All right. Danny Jackson. Okay. Long time friend. All right. Uh, Let's get back to this. Where were we? Do you remember? I don't remember. Um, I think we were at light line. Yeah, we're
3: getting out of light line. Into something else. So here's
2: here's some of the changes and some of the new things I've discovered lately. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but I'm going to anyway. Yeah? Fishing Syndicate may be coming out with an S-glass, all-glass, all-fiberglass rod. Okay? So he gave me the light and the medium to prototype. It's
3: the same as those jig sticks.
2: Okay, but much lighter, much much lighter. They're rated fifteen to thirty, and I went out and I've been fishing that with. How uh, long are they? Eight foot. Okay. Okay. So uh, the cast is amazing. I forgot how good they cast, and I'm putting the three hundred on it, and the combination is absolutely amazing. Does it work good on the dropper loop? Nope. But it looks, works great on the fly line stuff. So anyway, let's take a short break. We'll come back. We'll get back into everything Tuna. Folks, you're on Angels Radio, AM 830, K-L-A-A. This is Angel Chronicles, and we'll be right back.
5: Angels Radio, AM 830.
0: Angels Radio,
2: AM830. Welcome back, everybody, on Angels Radio, AM830, KLA. You like I, I, I got Spirit Ben in Seekers.
3: the sky, baby.
2: I got Ben Seekers, you know, bouncing his head. I like that. I like that. Okay, very good. Um... I was going to say something really bad about that, but you know, I refrained. I refrained. I refrained. Okay, guys. Uh, AMA 30K LA, Angler Chronicles, and we're talking everything to now. Just uh, chatted with uh, Danny Jackson tomorrow. We have a great show called David and Goliath on Bally Sports West. You'll see what we're talking about in action. All right. So we've covered knots. We've covered, you know, general uh, things. I think it's time to get into what tools these guys are going to need to get on these party boats, okay, to ensure that they have the right tools. So I'm going to go to Ben and ask you, Ben, what, say three, because I mean, you and I bring 10, 15 rods, but no, no, okay. No, no, it's like,
3: that's like you and your dress shoes. Yeah, okay, okay, so
2: three rods, three must-have outfits, what would you take with what's going on right now?
3: A 30 to 50. A 40 to 60 and a 60 to 100.
2: Okay. For me, I'm going to take something that I can fish 20 to 30, and I'm going to jump 40 to 60, and then I'm going to say something 80 or 100 and above. Because that outfit right there is going to be for nighttime fishing right now. And that outfit, I'll tell you what, they don't know if it's 80 or it's 130 or it's 200. They don't see the line. They see that jig fly down there. So I'll probably go with the heavy stuff there. And then... Two rods, one that I can go light or medium, and the other one that if I had to fish 40 to 60, okay, that'd be a good range for me. And reel, and I'll give you an example for reels. Um, Probably a 500 narrow for the lighter stuff. I would do a 600 or a 600 narrow for that medium 40 to 60, and then I'd probably use one of the boss 30s, which is what I use right now for the bigger stuff. Now I would not do the narrow if it's only one. I would definitely do the wider one, uh, with say a hundred pound Spectra, and then just change the leader. Huh. You okay with that? You're Not okay. Yeah, I know no, you. I mean, you're you different. you
3: love five hundred narrows, and and I, you haven't been spooled on one yet, and I've been spooled several times on them. So, <laughs> well, I I've would the, take uh, I would take a straight five hundred with sixty five on, uh-huh. on it, and then I would take a six hundred narrow with sixty five on it, and then I would take a BV two eight hundred with 80 on it, and I'd be fishing uh, 130 or 100. Would you
2: use the narrow 800 or the No, no, wide? no, no.
3: I that narrow 800. Yeah, narrow 800 gives you about 600 yards of 80, whereas the 800 gives you about 800 yards of 80. And I just that 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 800s worked very well. I mean, Teresa caught a whole bunch of fish on it. Nice fish. I got some nice ones on it. I actually. I fought a really big one on it, and I was super surprised. Got next to the boat. Unfortunately, thing fell off, but it was okay. But it, just to see the product perform the way it did, that I fished that on a... What was I fishing that on? Oh, I was fishing that on an Accurate bv 70 X. We have Accurate rods, and we have one rail rod, and that one rail rod's rated... Sixty to hundred, and that reel is perfect for it.
2: Perfect. You know what I like? Uh, the difference between the BBs. We're talking the Valiants. Yeah. They're so light. Yeah. Okay. Super light. But Super you know
3: light. what? So are the other ones now. Everything's lighter. Lighter. You don't. Than? You don't spend enough time with the turns because you're not. You're not really a star drag guy. Mm-hmm. So the turns. You know the turns are are excellent reels for for what they do. But the other thing is, I would say that if you're fishing bigger fish and you need to know exactly where you are with the drag, I'd stay with the BVs, you know? BVs. well BVs. You know,
2: they're, they're light. They're powerful. Um, and the, all of mine, with the exception of the 300 or two-speed, that's yeah. very cool to have. Even in the smaller reels, a two-speed makes a big, I mean, those last 50 feet that you're fighting this fish, you know he's doing the death circle, as we call it. That's all he's doing. You know what? I don't want him waking up. So nice and put in low speed and just like you said a slow grind just get yeah. him in, okay? Because he's gonna go crazy the minute he sees the I, boat. I'm
3: telling you, hundred percent. This year's turned out for me, and and it's and you know that I mean I've been very fortunate this year. I've fished a
2: ton, so
3: the slow pace wins the race yeah. every single now, time. Now I will
2: say this on two speed when we talk about the night stuff. I can't believe how many people forget they they have it in low gear. They drop their jig and they start cranking, and I'm going, no, no, no! You got to yeah. put it back in high gear, because when you drop these knife jigs, uh, first of all, you drop the knife jig. The captain will tell you about where they are. You should have your line marked. If you don't know how to mark your line, take every hundred yards.
3: Well, you can get Izar now.
2: Yeah, Izar has that lines hundred foot
3: per color. That's good stuff. Yeah,
2: or if not, if you have white, like my. Boss 300 uh, 30 has uh, white lime. Just take. We have a counter. Okay, pull out a hundred yards, and you make a nice about a two to three inch black with a marker. Just put black on it. Right about and I say two to three inch. Don't make a small one because you're not going to see it. Okay, and then pull out another hundred yards, and then put two of them. And then do 300. If it goes beyond 300, I wouldn't You really
3: don't need to go beyond 300. And you
2: do three, and you know where approximately you are. Important. You're going to drop that jig, and people think they hit the bottom because no more line is coming out. Okay, well, would you like to explain why no more line is coming out, Ben?
3: Well, there's a couple things what he's talking about. No, no, no.
2: Tell them what happens if no no no, line is coming
3: out. I want to get to this in the way where... You're talking about just the initial, but I watch people drop a jig. As the jig goes down, it stops for a minute, and it goes. And it stops for a minute, and it goes. And people are like, what the hell is that? Your jig is dropping off the back of these fish. Mm. it hits a fish, it stops. If it hits a fish, it stops. When it stops for good, he has it. A lot of times what you want to do is start winding as fast as you can. Hopefully, the fish has got his head towards you. You're going to be okay. You'll get him. But there's um, the, the whole nighttime jigging thing. There's a lot more than just dropping your jig over the side of the boat. And it's taken me years to learn this one. But, for instance, what's the place? What do they say? Wind in your face, right? Mm-hmm. Wind in your Happy face, place. you're in the right place, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens to me is I'll go through and get in the like on a corner. The wind's in my face, but I cast downwind with my jig. I know how to cast. I can cast a big jig. Why do I cast downwind? So as soon as the thing hits, it starts sinking. As, as it's coming to where it needs to be, normally as I need about three hundred feet. As it's getting right straight up and down in front of me, I'm at three hundred feet and I'm not having big scope out.
2: Well, but the majority, you know, that that's that's you. But the majority yeah. of the guys that go and party us cannot cast four hundred grams. Okay. Well, three hundred. Well, three hundred yeah. or before, depending yeah. on the. And it, it's very hard. Do you can't...
3: understand what I'm saying, though? Oh, no,
2: absolutely. Because
3: a scope,
2: scope you is... will
3: never get to 300 feet. Mm-hmm. If there's a bunch of wind blowing you in the face and there's current, you can't get down deep right. enough. So somehow you have to figure that out. So yeah, That's so basically, going to a heavier jig.
2: Boats normally, not all of them, but normally, um, drift sideways. Okay, So you're either going to have the port side or the right. or the harp, uh, starboard side. That's where you're going to fish. So what you go to the back of the stern— the opposite corner or, or the
3: bow either place or either the
2: bow and you cast the opposite way you're drifting and then you can or even no you in,
3: cast the same direction you're drifting you're right you got to cast downwind right. you're drifting downwind see what so i'm saying the
2: opposite way that you're drifting you cast i'm gonna put I'm gonna you did say that but it's okay yeah you, you can do that okay um but when you get down there, the key is this. When the jig stops, and I'm, I've i seen a couple of guys, Serge, I'm on the bottom, and, and I look at him. I'm trying to be nice, but we're fishing these fish in 3,000, 4,000 feet. First of all, you don't have that much light, okay, on your reel. And you're going to, when it stops, like Ben says, you put it in gear, and you turn the handle As fast as you possibly can. And when you think you're doing fast, it's not fast enough. As fast as it's going to come in tight. And when it does, lift your rod, okay, and hold on. Because at that point, he's going to start pulling your line. Okay, that's what you got to do. But you haven't hit the bottom, okay? And uh, people say, do colors, glow in the dark. I mean, you know, I've seen everything get bit. And the latest thing I've seen bit are those uh they're just sinkers yeah. okay so glow in the dark they don't even glow in the dark i think what it is is movement probably a trail of bubbles something's happening there that it's they just see the movement and the movement and they just go for it uh, if you think about a hundred feet in the dark they don't see a lot but they see something there a movement and that's what they, they they hone in and they bite it so that's what happens you guys you did not hit the bottom you're on now they've hooked the fish Okay. What kind of what kind of tips would you be giving to somebody who just hooked a fish?
3: What I would do is just tell them to keep the rod bent and keep wanting. People flip out because well, what does a bluefin do? He shakes his head. And as he shakes his head, your rod tip goes boom, 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 boom. With the jig they really shake their head. So your rod tip's gonna move at the beginning a lot and you think, Oh, my jig's just come out and it's stuck on something else. No. It's him going back and forth. I want to make a point really quick. When he's shaking his head back and forth, what happens a lot of times, the jig's shaking back and forth. As the jig shakes back and forth, a lot of times he will go through, if there's slack, he will create a hole in his jaw. And if you let him get any more slack, he will will get rid of that jig and you lose the fish. That's why I'm saying always turn the handle, always keep the rod bent. Because if the rod's bent your your success rate goes way up. The other thing is don't use too stiff a rod. There's a lot of rods that, you know, Fishing Syndicate makes, there's a lot of rods that I-Rods makes, there's a lot of rods, oh, there's a whole bunch of rods on on the market right now that have more of a uh, more of a medium a fast to medium bend instead of a fast just shut off bend. What happens is when you have a bend within the rod on a jig rod, The bend that's in the rod is your safety net and as a safety net you're not going to go through and have a problem with that jig fish just falling off if you keep it bent once the rod's tight and the jig's tight in his mouth you don't have to worry about him rolling and creating a big hole in his jaw so
2: bottom line extra fast and fast uh tips leave them at home that's not that's for bass fishing it's not for tuna fishing all right take a quick break here this is Angels Radio on AM 830 KLA. We'll be
1: right
7: back. Angels Radio.
5: AM 830.
7: Lytle Screen Printing in Huntington Beach, where quality and service are everything since 1989. Screen printing, embroidery, digital printing, Lytle does it all. Shop their extensive line of apparel and headwear or bring in your own for customization. A few embroidered shirts...
2: 30k laa in this language chronicles in. and invent we went to uh break and you had a thought you want to finish it
3: yeah, we were talking about jig fishing and, and just making sure that you keep your, your your rod bent. That's super important. The other thing is to follow your fish a lot of times, you know. And with following your fish, I think it's super important to make sure that you get the fish in front of you, especially if you're in the midst or the beginning of this whole thing. Then when he gets to a point where you're picking a corner and you're going to go through and kick, keep him somewhere in the circle, don't move. Keep it there. But... I want to just say with jig fishing, make sure you have heavy enough leader that's on the jig. Make sure you got at least three feet on the jig. Make sure there's a swivel on the jig so that you can go through and Get rid of any line twist that's going to happen. And I prefer, a lot of guys use trebles. A lot of guys, trebles will kill them. All this good stuff. But I use two single big hooks on the bottom of my jigs. And that's all I've done. And I agree with you. What color it is, guys are going, it's this color, it's that color. As long as the jig goes down and it's not tumbling too much, you're going to get what you need.
2: Yeah, and that's what I think those long, heavy, thin... Yeah. knife jigs are the best.
3: That's what I've been using. Yeah,
2: those are the best. Okay, so um just the one thing I want to caution and and does that's not does that's not apply to most of you, but I'm sure there might be one of you when um, when Ben says follow your fish, it does not mean in the water. Just in case. Is that okay to say? What if they jumped in and followed the fish? That no, mean,
3: that's just, you know, that go, go up it. and down the rail. That's yeah. all he's telling you is to go up and down the rail and make sure.
2: And as you're doing that with other people on the boat, you need to communicate. Now, that's super important. Especially in these big fish because when these fish come together, oh, boy. So, um, anyway, so that's important. That's um, night fishing. And the, the
3: other thing that's real important, what he's saying there, if you're not the guy on the fish and all of a sudden you feel something, do not yank and jank because no. I lost a really big one this year with someone pulling Patience super hard. Patience is key. Patience and sawed me right off.
2: And I would say just take it slow. Work together. Take it easy. I mean, yeah, just just this is a it, it's a long game, not a short game. It's a long game. The days of oh, let me see how fast I can get them. in. hey, if you want to do that, go right ahead. Jenzo, you're not you're going to tire out in these big fish, and it yeah. takes stamina. It's a pace. It's a pace. And when you, I see little. I mean, I know of a maybe, maybe a hundred pound lady. She's four eleven or five feet. She's taller she, than you. Jeez. She yeah. She landed a <laughs> four hundred and eighty pound tuna, and you Who go, was that? I forgot her name. I remember seeing a 480 the photo.
3: Four hundred eighty pound. What kind of tuna? Bluefin. A bluefin. Yeah, yeah, not that's a bluefin. That's a big one.
2: It, it, but, but you look at that and see how small she is. Oh, and Sophia you
3: go, Hun in as It could be. It yeah. could
2: be. So it can be done. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not about muscle. It's about technique. No,
3: it's it's technique and pace. Yeah. All right.
2: So we talked about you know the night type fishing, heavy gear. Uh, the other reasons you may use at night would be, uh, you know, we put the rubber band uh, with yeah, the rubber band baits, sinkers. With, yeah, yeah. 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 You just, uh, uh, excuse me, not uh so you're just trying to get the the yeah. bait down to them. Okay, that's your heavy gear. Yeah. So now let's talk medium. Let's talk 40 to 60 range.
3: A 40 to 60, I'm using 600 narrow, and I'm using um, usually like an IROD rod 825 or an accurate. It's probably a 800 MH, or I'm using a fishing syndicate, and he, I think he, he actually has them rated like 40 to 80, 40 to 60. And well, I, I like, like the H. The H gives yeah. you a
2: range of 30 to 60. Yeah. That's a pretty good solid forty five. pounds stick. I just, I just stick.
3: need I need a, f- a rod that's... I don't want... Seriously, anymore, I don't really like long, long rods. So I'm using like probably... A 7. seven, seven six 60. two or 7.10s, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. And the reason I like that size rod is that it helps me a lot of times with casting. Like what Sergio was saying earlier, I don't have to really, whoa, try to put in a cast. I just... You know, the rod's long enough, it gives me a little distance so I can get the bait where I need to put it out if I'm doing that. The other thing I want to say about that, too, is we're talking about tackle. That's going along. We're talking, he just went through and we talked about 60 to 100. Now we're talking about 40, 30, 30, 40 to 60. You have to have a baseline on your reels. So Sergio has a baseline on his 500 narrow. He has 50 pound or 40 pound on there, whatever it is, right? People go, well, that's a 40 and 50. No, it's not. It's whatever you want to fish. Your leader that you put on that rod is what the line class is. So it's super important to have, like you heard him, he he starts at 20. I start at 25. I have 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 101, 31. I hit these boats. Mm -hmm. And the guy's going, look at all that. That way, no matter what happens, I have it covered.
2: If you go to my tackle box, okay, the number one thing—two, there's two things that you will find a lot of, and I mean a lot: line and hooks.
3: No, I was going to say hooks for sure because I go okay. to his tackle yeah, box well, hook, and I clean yeah. it out.
2: Yeah, but I mean line. I now I have a, a plastic baggie, and I've been I'm using that uh, J Fluoro. I yeah. love that stuff, and and you'll see it. I have everything from 10, 12 – all the way to 130 yeah yeah. okay and I have these little spools in there boom 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 and the, everything is there that's the one thing i leave i don't leave home without and you're right on my little 30 let's start there on my little 30 i have i think i have 30 pound braid on it yeah the 50 has 50 yeah okay and then up to the 600 the 600 i used to have 50 but i went to 65 like you yeah. told me it will cast better it casts yeah. better Okay, uh, on the 600. Now, keep in mind, now, like I said, I'm a little bit smaller, so my hands are smaller. And then the reels get bigger, and they're, they're harder, believe it or not, they're harder to handle. Okay, they're huh. hard. Well, they are for me, okay? I
3: mean, Don't say smaller. That's a really, just say more petite. That's a better way.
2: Here we go. You know you have to be one one an hour at least, Zingers. No, but, so here's the deal. We talked about, you said something clearly uh, important this morning, earlier that it was, you don't want to fight, you want to fight the fish, not the tackle. Exactly. And so you got to find that comfort mode. For me, the comfort mode is 500 narrow to a 600 narrow. Okay, that's my, the heaviest I'm comfortable. If it gets beyond that, yes, I'll fish it. That's when the rail comes in, but yeah. you're not. Serge don't,
3: Surge don't like that. He doesn't like to tackle the stuff no, that's going to beat you, know, you up. I've
2: been there, done that, yeah. uh, and I'm like, no, give me I still the, like the pain, give me all the 30 to 80s that you want throw all these fish at me i love them because you here's the thing you're going to catch a 200 pounder and you're going to sit down for a day okay most people they can't even lift a glass of water without spilling it okay that's what happens been there done that i prefer to go catch a 30 pounder Go get another bait and go catch another But that's
3: one. a good thing to be able to tell people, you yeah. know, it's not about the size, it's about the experience of exactly. what you're doing.
2: Now, if you've never done it, you got to go out there. You got to get your personal best. Because, like Danny said earlier, these are the good old days. I mean, I had these, to go. These are the good old dude, days. Dude, I, I had to it's go. It's never going to be like this. I again. had to go in a 10 day to clear a 200 pound fish. 10 days. Now you do it in your own backyard. The tanner. Anywhere on the Tanler Cortez, that's where all the fish. Dude, have been. Think
3: about it. Like I went to Port to catch 300 pound yellowfin. I've been out here fishing these things for like 10 years, and I have, you know, fish that are dressed and weighed that are dressed. I have like fish that are 290 dressed and weighed. Right. So they're way over 300 pounds, <laughs> yeah. right? So, it's the the weirdest thing is to have them out here. Like I've caught some with with Dwayne Diego down below there that you know over 250 and. It's a crazy thing to think about the tackle you're using. That's the first thing I think about is like if you get on a boat and a, and a lot of times if you have the money and you can get on, you know, fish with Dwayne Diego or, or any of his boys or fish with um, Seasons or any of those guys, it's an expensive trip. You get a fish, you know, and however you want to look at it, but you're going to learn a lot more. With the guy that's fishing that stuff it's every the day. It's experience. That's, oh, he's catching all these fish, the experience of catching the fish. I was on a boat with Dwayne, and we had one, two, four guys fishing. And he continually got, we were going, getting bit every, like, every time I put a flyer, a dead flyer out on the balloon and pushed it 20 or 30 feet away from the boat, got bit. <laughs> we had four fish on a time, and I was just sitting there going. This is nuts. And every fish is over 150, and right. a few of them are over 200 pounds. That kind of fishing is never going to happen ever again in my life. It's happening right now.
2: Right. So, guys, get excited. Go out now. This is the time. All right, so we covered uh, the heavy medium. Let's just close it up by saying I think the ideal medium for me, if you're asking me one rod, it's going to be the Fishing Syndicate H. The heavy ready 30 to um 60 it's it's light again powerful very sensitive tip you need that and then i would pair it up with uh accurate the Valiants are my favorite because they're light and very very powerful it's basically a dauntless with all the extra stuff in it okay very very powerful um and the 600 narrow two speed okay go Two speed on the heavy stuff, you better have two speed, <laughs> okay? You, yeah, you, you wouldn't yeah. want single speed. No, 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 there are times where you can't move them, and he can't move you. That's the time to put it in low gear and start, moving. yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, let's go to the lighter stuff now, okay? So, the light stuff, what what uh, type of rod and what type of reel So, for would you
3: me, use? it would be I like fishing. Um, Akert has uh, they call it a M, it's a BV 80 m and then they and they have a ml but i like the m and then a Irod 823 and an 824 and i'm fishing on those things i'm fishing like sergio says 50 pound i'll use a i'll use a narrow sometimes i'm using 50 or 65 50 i would say on that stuff and then what i'm trying to do on that is again like we just said you can pick whatever leader size you want but the long, I just want to make a point. We're, we're a lot of times when we're talking right now, you guys are thinking of just bait. These rods now that we're talking about, these are my jig rods, my popper rods. Uh, not a surface iron rod. A surface iron rod would be that fishing syndicate G90. No, not G90, 90J. 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 Mm-hmm. So these rods are fishing mega baits on. I'm fishing smaller things. I'm fishing um, clear choice poppers, stuff like that. And what I try to do is, I try to make a rod that's small, that's got enough action where it can cast it. But then when I'm working it, I'm not pulling on the rod. I'm using the, the handle to make the lure work. So, with the popper, you see guys popping and they're trying to make the thing pop on a big boat with a bunch of people. Don't do that. Throw it out and then do a really fast wind, one. Do a really fast wind, two. Do a really fast wind, and that will create the popping sensation. With the popper, the fish are looking for movement. They can't see the bait, but they see the movement. Sometimes you don't even have to pop. All you have to do is wind it, and they'll hop on it and wind it. And the thing with the jig, why I use a mega bait or whatever, I'm using, actually, I'm using Dead Eyes by Pitbull. I throw it and put it right in the middle of the stuff. While it's sinking, I'm usually bit. That happened last week. Did I tell you that story yet? Mm-mm. So here's a good one for you guys. We found mega foamers out by Santa, Santa Barbara Island. I mean mega foamers, like 20 of them. We got on a whole bunch of them. I got bit a couple times, and I lost the fish. The fish would fall off. And then I made this cast, and I could see through the clear water, and I could see the bait separating, and I could see my jig come through this stuff. And I saw this fish going from right to left, turn on it, almost like a, like a marlin would turn on the lure. And he came up and ate it right in front of me, a solid, like, 150-pounder. And... I mean he smoked my 600 narrow. <laughs> smoked it <laughs> And I almost got spooled, ended up getting him my fighter. I fought him for quite a while and he chewed through on the 80. The point of the matter is sometimes if you lose a fish, a lot of people are crying. It's just the thrill of being exactly, able to do something exactly.
2: like that we were covering the, the, the small stuff so I would just say I think a 500 narrow with yeah. I like the fishing syndicate medium. Rod, okay, a composite, that'll do the trick. Okay, we're going to take another break, and we come back, we'll probably start closing up the show. Okay, Everything Tuna with Ben Seacrest. This is Angra Chronicles on AM 830 KLA, and we'll
0: be right back. Hallelujah,
7: hallelujah. Angels Radio.
5: AM 830.
7: Looking for something to do today? Come check out what's new at Michael's Sports Pub and Grill. Michael's was voted Orange County's best sports bar. Whether it's sports, drinks, games, or food, Michael's has something for everybody. And don't forget the wings that Michael is famous for. Michael's Sports Pub and Grill, 15192 Golden West Street, Westminster, California. Just south of the 405 freeway, Michael's Sports Pub and Grill. the perfect day is my family and I on the boat out on the waterway I love it Nothing but sun snacks fishing and of course life jackets for everyone save the ones you love life jackets save lives a message from California State Park's division of boating and waterways angels radio
2: welcome to the Welcome back everybody This is Angry Chronicles listen to, uh, This is the show on AMA 30K LAA and This is The Revolution And it says we will not comply Please comply with the tips that we gave you If you want to catch them <laughs> Don't fight us on this one I don't All know right. where he's going on that one boys and girls But Meow. I get into that song big time Alright so Let's, let's close up the show. We got one segment left. We've talked about tackle. We've talked about uh, just about everything. Um, etiquette on a boat is that something you want to talk no, about? No, we
3: can talk about that. But just just go through. I mean, again, sir, do you should tell them what size hooks, right? right. What size hooks? What type of hooks? You All know? right. So we we,
2: we, we we you and I both prefer um, J hook. However, for me. Fish over 80, 90 pounds. If I know uh, that's when I go to the circle hook. Doesn't mean you can't use a circle hook. No. We just prefer the J hook. Yeah. And, uh, and, and be sensitive to that because this year, hook size has been a big. That's what deal. I was just going to get into. Okay. I mean, people go, oh, you got a, a regulation size sardine. Oh, a three-odd hook. No, folks, uh-huh. it's at number two. And you go, well, number two? Yeah. And you look at that thing, you go, how is this going to fit in the mouth of a 30-pound tuna? It does. It
3: does. Okay. And and, and the, the whole deal is, that, believe it or not, I've been fishing fours and twos circles lately. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty crazy. But here's the biggest thing I'm going to say about hooks. There are hooks that are regular strength that are hooks or 3x strength. Always get the 3x strength hooks. When you open a hook and you see a hook straighten, most of the time that's just a regular strength. That's not a 3x or a 4 inch mm-hmm. strength. If you're using quality hooks like Owner... You're not going to have the yeah, problem. Owner, and,
2: and, and with owner, you want to go uh, if you know the fish are bigger. Go with the gorilla hooks. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Ringed hooks for me. I love. I love, love ringed hooks. hooks too. Yeah, you know it's funny because back in the old days, we used to make a, a loop with the line, yeah. and the reasons you want that that hook as free as Here, here's possible. Here's a
3: quick one real quick, too. So he was. We were talking about um, tying in that sinker. You can tie that sinker in with a rubber band on your line. Well, lately what I've been seeing and I've done is I take a ring hook and on one side of the ring hook, I've tied that my leader that goes to the ring hook. And on the bottom of it, I'll take, like, 12-pound test and tie another leader down to my sinker. And it's almost like a drop shot hook that's straight up and down. And you can t- you can fish that, too. And the fish eat the heck out of that, too.
2: now oh, check that out. Okay? Yeah. It's like a drop shot. All right. So, uh, hooks are super important. Quality hooks, guys. And you don't want to get really thin ones, okay? Because yeah. you're going to be pulling... Uh, especially, you know, if you're putting 100 pounds, a lot of pressure. Yeah. The fish is doing the opposite the other way, and the only thing that's there is the hook. You will straighten it out if you don't break it because I've seen a lot of breakage lately, and when they break, uh, usually your pack is bad because it has to do with forging. When they forge the, the hooks, yeah. um, chances are just use a different pack. But you've got to have plenty of hooks, and not only... One or two of each. You need to have a variety of each. Why? Because maybe that night at two-odd works... Maybe that night only a two number two works. And if it's only a number two, you're going to go through a lot of hooks, you're going to go through a lot of fish, hopefully. And you lose a lot of times when yeah. you get this fish. I mean, if they don't bite you off, they saw you off, uh, they bust you off, uh, where you bring it up and it's stuck in its gut, and there's no way you're going to go get oh, yeah, the hook. Yeah, for sure. So just, just be prepared. Other thing, know your knots, please. If you don't know your knots, practice knots okay the other
3: thing back to hooks real quick is that if you're buying jigs and you buy whatever you buy a uh cold sniper you know a lot of times you get a treble on a cold sniper make sure that you're getting good split rings and when i say good split rings that's 100 and 150 pound split rings things like this that um these are going to catch a fish for you use a good hook on a jig right they don't come with the most expensive hooks especially everybody that's going out and trying to buy a budget deal
2: you get a cold sniper right now and you get like a 60 to 80 gram they weren't intended for these big tuna yeah so the hook is small It's, it's very thin you'll bust it off immediately you know get a get an owner split ring owner hook change that hook out you will be the better for it also on your assist hooks same thing they have different type of assist hooks right now i would recommend the assist hooks be they're called the owner they're called monster okay and go with the seven knot go with the nine knot these are big fish that'll fit in there okay it has nothing to do with the the bait now it has to do with your jig okay so just so uh,
3: anything that you buy look at what it comes with because i'm telling you a lot of guys would go oh look that chick's only 12 bucks That's because it doesn't have that expensive hook, and it doesn't have big slurings. I'll I'll,
2: I'll name names. Nomad, for example. Nomad makes amazing lures, but I'm not too crazy about their hooks. The first thing I do is go out and just change the hooks. Now, Nomad lure can cost you, what, 60 60 bucks about right now, 50 to 60. Get the investment, put it on a, a couple dollars' worth of hooks, it's it'll be a big deal. yeah 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 a big deal okay so we talk hooks line um, have line anywhere from twenty if you're me or twenty five all the way up to hundred and thirty you'll be better for it if you got the two hundred pound leader you know a little bit of it won't hurt okay and I uh, I can't believe I'm telling you this uh, there's a couple of tackle shops that actually have fluorocarbon that they'll spool fluorocarbon for you. Go over there and buy a couple of feet. That's all you need. Roll yeah. it up and put it in your bag, okay? Especially if 200-pound test. Yeah. Okay, the heavy stuff. The stuff that you're going to use once, maybe twice. Yeah, yeah. Clamp your jigs, okay? Make uh, your leaders, you clamp them. Okay, yeah. you agree with that? You like yeah, to, you like I, to I, I do directly? tie knots.
3: I tie lots of knots. It's never hard lost, to
2: tie a knot but, in, with 130-pound But the springer
3: knot... Okay, there you go. So, So, I mean, and the key thing with that is to make it right on the tag ends. Burn your tag ends, burnish them, and make them flat so that they can't go back through the knot. That knot works really well. You're going to find if you get a stretchier, if you get something that's stretchier material, like... With different florals and right now i'm doing cigar and afco floral i'm not using uh the other stuff that serge is using but i don't have any fun problem with stretch but if you do tie knots tie it make sure you cinch it and then the other thing is burnish everything and make sure that yeah, you, so can't can't even, you could actually even put some super glue on them which i've done a lot and, and, with and here's that
2: if you don't know how to clamp most of your tackle t- stores crimp. Oh, crimp crimp i'm sorry yeah, yeah. crimp um crimp them up, they'll do it just fine. They'll do it for you. Okay, so that's that's that part of the tackle. And then the other thing is proper rod and reel combos and the last thing is PFA. Okay, that's positive fishing attitude. Because if you don't have that, you know it's
3: not what I was saying, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah,
2: yeah, but here's the deal. I see it all the time, Ben. Um you get a guy goes out there, he has a fish on For some reason he loses it And it's like the world came to an end No it's just at the end of the day guys It's just the fish And if you fish the way we do from the minute you go to the bait t- Actually, for me, the minute I get on the boat. But the minute you go to the bait tank, you select the right bait. We haven't talked about bait either. Bait oh, yeah. is huge. You got to pick the one that doesn't have any scales missing, which is usually the lighter colors. Uh, if they're really slimy, even better. If it's and- a
3: dark blue, you don't
2: want it. No, no, no. I like that super light, light, light yeah. green. And then please, when you grab them, do not squeeze them. You squeeze them, you kill them. Uh, best way is to have your hook in one hand, cup them underneath as fast as you can, depending on how you hook. I always do nose hook, nose is right there, pop it in the nose, let it go. Just dangle them from uh. the hook and get in the water as fast as possible. So, I start my enjoyment right there. I get the, I, I, and I start when he starts biting it, and when he peels off that initial line, please let him swallow it five to seven seconds. And it's not one, two, three, four, five, no, it's. One thousand one, one thousand two, one thousand, and you will know because a lot of the runs are like he pulls and kind of stops him and then it's just a solid pull. Put put your rod in gear. If you've got a J hook, you can go ahead and set the hook hard. Although with, with braid, you, yeah, you almost don't. Yeah, you almost don't need to, and then just enjoy. That's but, w-
3: but Sergio's saying that he only knows hooks. There's there's other places. To oh hook yeah, him. absolutely. And, and if the fish are below the boat. For instance, and 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 they call it the anus of the fish is there's an anal fin back there. You want to hook you want to hook just before that anal fin. That's San Francisco hookings, what they call them, or they call them hooking them in the rear. Then there's another one. There's a breastplate. There's two breast fins that are up there. You want to hook that right above the breastplate. These, and when I say... You can also say, do the collar on you top. You can do a collar on top. But I, The collar on top is basically for, like, mackerel more so. Mm-hmm. All right? But with, with what we're trying to tell you is there's different places. Like, I know Serge likes to know but I've gotten so into that breastplate hooking, and I catch a lot of fish this year doing it, Whereas when I'm hooked, and that's because the fish are 30 feet, mm-hmm. right? They're not on top.
2: That's what I use. Right, the that, floral carbon. The, the yeah. floral carbon yeah. get me down. But
3: yeah. my, my point is there's just no things. And you know what? Well, you have all the information in the world's at your fingertips right now with um, the computer, the websites, everything else. Um, YouTube, I watch YouTube every evening for a half an hour or something on fishing lately it's all been on bass fishing catching (laughs) big smallmouth somewhere but it's um fishing applies to all different types fresh and saltwater fishing the only thing that changes is basically your environment in some sense and the size of the tackle if you look at the main things and you've heard me say this over the years you've got structure you've got bait you've got you've got temperature right you got a barometer you know There's things that are all the same, but different in the sense that it's going to be different in a lake, but it's the same thought process to get to the end. You have to have two or three of these variables to catch fish. And if any of you guys want to watch something that's pretty fun, I watch Ben Milliken a lot Mm -hmm. on YouTube, and he's a bass fisherman, and... He's taught a lot of people. He's the new avant-garde on, on forward-facing sonar, and right now there's a big debacle on is this going to ruin fishing or whatever. You still have to get a bite. That's right. You still got to get the bite, and, and so and no matter what.
2: And that's the thing that yeah. hopefully we helped you out today. Um, always, they, they all, every captain will tell you that can. Start with the heaviest stuff that you can get away with. Yep. If that doesn't work, go down, go down, go down. I saw yeah. some, I mean, I... I've heard on private boats having to go down to 15- and 12-pound test. Yeah. Actually, the catch rate went down. Uh, They did catch a few fish, but they got bit. Because let me tell you something. You could have the heavy gear on, and you go, there's no way if I get one I'm going to nail them if I get bit. Yeah, but if you didn't get bit, you're just standing there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to get bit first. That's the number one thing. you got to get bit. All right, that's why people go crazy. Go, why do you use a bass rod? Well, one cuz I am kind of crazy. I love it. I'm trying to push the limits of my tackle myself. I do it on purpose. Okay? You don't have to do that. Okay? But you have to be prepared with these tuna that you you know, two, 20 to 30 has been the key on some of the yellowfin, some of the local bluefin. Problem is when those fish go over 40, 50 pounds, you know, now the twenty-five isn't working yeah. so good. Okay, why? It's easier for them to uh, saw you through. They do yeah. have teeth.
3: But if they get, if you hook them right, the weirdest oh, yeah. thing. This I've learned a lot this year. The weirdest thing I've ever. I can't even believe it. I have fished a ton of drag on twenty-five pound, mm-hmm. more than I've ever fished ever before in my life, and it's if it, we talked about earlier, if you can't get their head up. But if you get a fish and you can pull on him consistently and move his head and keep him going, the 25 works. It works fine. But I'll tell you this. Once you catch a 60-pounder on 25, change your leader because it's stretched out. It's
2: already stretched out. And then after every single fish, at least four or five feet up, you've got to run your fingers and make sure you're not messed up. All right, listen. Ben. Thank you, Bud. Yeah, that was a worries. great, great show. Hope we guys uh, get out there and go fishing. I hope we helped you out. This is Angler Chronicles. We're signing off for this week, and we will talk to you well, folks, next that's week. The
1: show for this week. It's time to truck on out of the city and get outside in God's country.
2: We'll see you next week on Angler Chronicles.